but I host the most epic adventures. <laughs> uh, yeah. So obviously Rob is co-hosting today. Uh, Mark is out six still. Mark, we hope you get better soon. Uh, look uh, forward to getting wow. you back next week. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, I kind of teased it out on Twitter a little bit, uh, and, and a couple other places. This is the generation or no, this is the most epic generation orange show ever. That's sure. the way we're going to call it <laughs> the most epic generation orange show ever. Uh, but yeah, here we are, uh, guys, uh, as always, thanks for joining. We appreciate it. If you guys have thoughts throughout the show, as always pop them into chat, happy to, to chat with you guys and. Uh, love when you guys provide us questions and things we uh, can chat about uh, because I frankly have no show notes this week, uh, so it's going to be a fly by the seat of our pants, which uh, you know, hey, that happens uh, week to week. That's sometimes. how I always roll, man. I always roll. Like uh, if, if you guys have never seen uh, my weekly interview show, weekly, it's whenever I'm that sick or out of town or or have bands flake out on me. I host a metal interview show every Monday night. I will have a band this Monday. Sorry to get the plug in early. Sorry, Sean. Just for an example, just for example, I don't ever write down anything. I just let it fly. So that's my style. So I feel right at home with, uh, with whatever goes here tonight. I'm down for it. So a little, I'm going to totally take us off track immediately because that's how I roll. (laughs) I've, I, I got this, uh, actually picked this up off the Dynamo Rewards or Orange Rewards store, I don't know, before the season even kicked off uh, in the offseason, like early preseason. And I just picked this up like last week. And this tumbler is seriously a very impressively put together tumbler. Uh, and, you know, for keeping me hydrated with my water uh, on my desk, it is amazing. And no, uh, we are not sponsored by the front office, by the Dynamo, by the Dash, by Ted Seagal, or Seagull, by. Pat Onstad by John Walker by Deanna Witter. We're not sponsored by anybody from the Dynamo or at all. So if you want to sponsor us, also it would be <laughs> great. Uh, but uh, yeah, hire, hire Rob Zip. Yeah, <laughs> the boy needs a job. <laughs> yeah, while you sponsor us, go ahead and hire Rob Zip uh, to to do your uh, video production for you for any commercials that you uh, have coming up. I'm sure he'd love that. Uh, but yeah, seriously, these are really well made uh, and. Uh, it gets warm in my room during my in the computer room that I'm in or my office, if you will, during the day when I'm working uh, because I have the sun that beats down right here. And uh, I had a cold, you know, had this filled with cold water to start my morning and uh, I still had a little bit left. And when I when I drink out of it earlier, like way earlier, like three o'clock, it was still cold and um, it was like the hottest part of the day. And it was it caught me off guard because I was expecting it to be warm or at least lukewarm. And no, it's still cold. And so. Yeah, it's uh, it's impressive uh, and highly recommend uh, one of those if you can find them on Orange Rewards. It was like I don't know, seventy five hundred points or ten thousand points. It's uh, uh, it's it's totally sold out now, man. See, that's because I'm on the air talking about it. Everybody was like, I got to hop on that right now. No, I think yeah. it's been sold out for a few weeks, if not a couple it's, months now. It's but, been gone. Uh, and honestly, honestly, like I didn't realize it was that good a quality tumbler. I was thinking it was like a soft plastic. That's exactly know? what I was expecting. So no, I didn't this go thing for is, it. But now, I, now I feel like I, I missed out. This almost genuinely feels like a a tumbler that you would pick up at Starbucks for Christmas. Like it's got that same thickness to the actual shell. Uh, Lift it up a little bit more so we can see it. And it's got the logos, by the way. Does is it got a brand? Is there a brand on there's there? No, there's no brand unless there's nope. There's not even one on the bottom. Interesting. Uh, but uh, you can see how thick the wall actually is, uh, and it it is right. well insulated. So 
uh, and it's got a nice, nice lid. The only thing I don't <laughs> I like whole, when you slammed it down, your camera, your whole table. Shook. Yeah, the camera where I need to work on the camera mount. Uh, but interestingly, there's like a hole at the top of this thing, a tiny little hole for air to escape. And my problem with that, I guess, is if it, if it's like a hot beverage, you want the steam to escape, but you can't cover that up. So there is still some exposed air. Mm. Uh, so you have to be careful because you can't just tip it upside down and it not leak because there's a hole right. there. Which, by the way, I found out after the fact. Um, so, <laughs> note to self, don't flip it upside down. Uh, what is up, Compilation Crew? Who is this? I don't know who this new person oh, is. Oh, Compilation Crew, that's my buddy, Jaden. What's up, Jaden? What's up, Jaden? Welcome, welcome to the chat. show. Uh, yeah, so enough about uh, swag that the Dynamo apparently give away if you're a, a season ticket holder uh, and have orange access to orange rewards. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, also, what's up, Robin? Uh, and Pat, and C, and George, and Mella, and Knight, and I don't see anybody else in chat right now. But uh, yeah. lots of people in chat, which is amazing. It's Maraud there. Knight is Maraud. Uh, but uh, let's but yeah, talk- yeah, oh, go ahead. yeah, yeah. No, compilation crew. He, uh, that's Jared. He's a, he's a Minnesota United supporter. We're not going to fault him. He's you know he lives a mile from the stadium, so. Uh, but he's been a supporter of my channel for a while now. So he, uh, he's, he's following me on Twitter now and he saw that I was going to be on here. So he said he would join us. So he was actually trying to, he was trying to, trying to get me to come up to the all-star game up there. I'm thinking about it, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. Good luck with that. (laughs) I don't really know what to say to that. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Again, thanks for joining the channel, uh, or at least the the, the stream tonight uh, to chat. We appreciate it. I appreciate it for sure. Uh, and hopefully, there's enough enjoyment that you stick around. Uh, <laughs> I'm more of a lamenting if I have if I ever have to see Morrow playing against a Dynamo. All right, let's talk about. You know what? Thank you, Pat, for giving us a topic to start with. Let's talk about that. Rumor is Columbus Crew are currently in the process of uh, are currently engaged with Tijuana. Uh, from uh, or Club Tijuana, uh, the Cholos, if you will, uh, from uh, from Liga MX, in trying to bring, uh, good job, Pat, good job, uh, trying to bring Mara Minotas, former Houston Dynamo striker, uh, to Columbus Crew. He would be subject to allocation order, but uh, Dynamo no longer hold his MLS rights. However, here's the kicker. Uh, the Dynamo still do hold roughly 20 to 25% sell-on fee, uh, which means whatever Columbus crew, if they do land him, were to pay in a transfer fee, the Dynamo would get 20% of that, uh, and the other 80% would get, would go to T, uh, Club Tijuana. Uh, so yeah, so an interesting turn of events here because uh, it was kind of rumored early on in the preseason that that might be a player the Dynamo looked at to bring in at striker, and, uh, and then we landed Seb, uh, Sebastian uh, Ferreira. Uh, and I don't know about you, Rob, but personally, I think Ferreira has been a far better signing than Morrow was um, yeah. so far. Um, Sebastian looks to be every bit of a authentic, true uh, striker I- at the MLS level. Uh, and even looks to honestly to me to be a player that was well scouted um, by the front office to to find a player of that caliber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and frankly, I feel like we are underpaying for what he's actually bringing to the team. Um, oh, hold on. Now, no, wait, wait, wait. I, mean, means... I know you're going to bring up. Hold on. You're going to bring up. I'm sure you're going to bring up the uh, MLS, uh, the MLS Players Union salary releases recently. You have to keep in mind, those include also the um, 
the transfer fee as it's uh, uh, as it's uh, distributed across the number of uh, seasons of the contract. He's only okay. on a three season contract, so yeah. yes, he's. I think his salary was one point uh, was oh gosh, I'll have to pull it up and uh, for me, Rob. I think it was one point two million. No, I don't or something. Know. It was something ridiculous, but that's probably also including like a four hundred thousand you know dollar uh, you know for three years four hundred thousand dollar transfer fee. Per three, you know, over or for three yeah. years, so a one point yeah. two million transfer fee or something to that effect. So yeah, just important to keep that in mind. I think a lot of people forget that is the case when it comes to MLS salaries. They see a lot of these transfers in, and they're like, "Man, those salaries are massive." When in reality, a lot of that is transfer fee paid or other fees paid. Um, you know, agent fees can be outrageous if you're not careful. Um, uh, but yeah, so. So that's the case. Now, with Hector Herrera, of course, we get the advantage of he's on a free, so we don't actually have to pay for him uh, in terms mm -hmm. of a transfer fee. So his salary uh, probably still going to be fairly high up there, but it's going to be he may not look as he may not look nearly as high uh, salary wise as you know a lot of people are expecting because there's no transfer fee to also include in that in that uh, in that salary. All uh, right. So, Rob, well, I mean, thoughts yeah, on Sevas? Sevas versus Sorry. Listen, um, I was a fan of Mara Manotas. I actually have a, a Cholos uh, Tijuana jacket that I bought um, just because of him. Because I don't really have, I don't have a team in uh, Liga Emeki. So, I bought the Cholos because of Manotas. You know, I, I liked him when he was here. And the idea of him coming back, I, I liked. Um, but you know, if you look at, you know, his age and, and his trajectory, it's definitely, you know, I hate to say it, but kind of going downward a little bit. And so you look at someone like Sebus and he's, he, it's only up for him, you know? So to go down to, to South America and just pick him out and bring him up here, you can tell the team when he's on the field and when he's not on the field, there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. Um, I mean, these past couple of games where he hasn't played, it, they don't even seem like they know where to send it, you know? So it's, it's you know, like e even if he's not, you know, scoring a hat trick or anything, he's still making a difference on the field, you know, with in relation to the rest of the team on the field, the other players. Yeah, um, you know, I, I look at Sebastian Ferreira uh, and I kind of feel like he's that player that, I mean, and, and we've seen it, right? When he's off the pitch, the difference in our offense is is unmistakable. Um, you know, and, and I don't feel like Mauro, you know, if you look at kind of the offseason, Mauro leaving and uh, Ferreira kind of coming in, I, there was no drop-off in my opinion. Like, that's kind of the same level of... of play we were getting from the the striker position Mara, you know Mar people tend to forget Mara only had like 10 goals last season i don't even know if he broke double digits uh i think he maybe 11 or 12, not, uh, not last season two seasons ago um uh but you know he he barely broke the double digit plateau and he was stuck for a while uh on um on whatever his total goals was tied with whoever at brian ching i think for total goals for the dynamo uh, for a while, like three or four months. Uh, and he just went a huge span where he just couldn't score a goal. He couldn't buy a goal. Um, so yeah, you know, and I, and I, much like Pat, I love Morrow as well. I think as, you know, as a person, as a player, he's a, you know, he's a great person. Um, and I think he's got, you know, plenty of talent. Uh, I just think that 
the type of play that we play now favors Sebastian Ferreira and his more physical uh, approach. Morrow mm-hmm. was very easily knocked off the ball, very easily you know pushed off the ball. Uh, Morrow is not a hold-up forward. He's much more of a run on the ball and keep running uh, type of striker or try to poach it when he could. Uh, and I just feel like Sebastian Ferreira is not that player, right? Sebastian Ferreira can create. We saw it with the Thor goal uh, and the Thor non goal. Um, he can also get it out wide. He can get, you know, he can he can hold up the ball as needed. He can draw fouls. Uh, a lot of things that I just couldn't see with Morrow, didn't see when Morrow was here. Uh, and so, you know, I wish him the best with Columbus and, and hope they can work that out because I'd love for the Dynamo to get a little bit of money back out of that deal, uh, even more than they've already gotten. Especially since, you know, we a lot of us feel like we were underpaid for what Morrow is and can be. Um, but uh, C brings up an interesting point as well. He says, it's why I think Fafa isn't a fit anymore. Uh, what is your take, Rob? What, how do you feel about Fafa right now? Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. I mean, his his catchphrase is slow feet don't eat. Um, he's looking a little thin. I, <laughs> I mean that he hasn't looked. He hasn't really looked slow. Don't get me wrong, but it's like he's there's something. There's something. Listen, I will go to bat for him more so than Corey Baird any day. Personally, <laughs> what does he say? Slofidoni, America's obesity ep- epidemic says otherwise. <laughs> Oh, uh, you got two large, larger guys talking about slow feet. Don't eat it. anymore. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. No, man, listen, without a doubt, I, I'm just telling you what he says. That's his slogan. It's not, it's not mine. It's not mine. <laughs> you, know, you know, I love the guy, you know, he plays for our team. He's, he's proud to play for our team. You know, he played for St. Pauli. He was proud to play for St. Pauli. He he represents the teams he's he's there for. Um, would he maybe be a little more productive in San Antonio or El Paso or Indianapolis? You know, maybe. I don't know. What do you think about that? I definitely feel he's a better fit elsewhere. Um, you know, at this point, I, I agree with you. You know, he's not, I wouldn't say he's looking slow, definitely looking slower. Um, but, you know, uh, Sig brings up a point. Wasn't Fafa dealing with a nagging injury? Yeah, he was supposedly dealing with the nagging injury. Uh, but I think there may be a little bit more to that than him actually being truly injured. Um, you know, I, I, you know, age, age is a thing and he's definitely getting there. Uh, definitely there. Uh, when it comes to age, I think he's over 30 already, or at least 29. I don't know, but, um, I mean, how old is Minotas? You know, he's 26, 27, 27. Is he, he seems older than that. No, he's, he's pretty young, man. We got him when he was like 19. Okay. Maybe that's why he seems, seems like what he was with the dynamo for like five seasons. Yeah. And then, you know, so yeah, but, yeah, and and you know tonight's point, Fafa's been a a you know he's been a workhorse this season for us. I mean he's he was Iron Man last season for a reason for the Dynamo. Uh, he played just a, almost about every match, um, with the exception of his red card match, um, and one match where he was injured. But uh, 
you know, it's it's. I look at Fafa kind of the same way that I look at like a player like Corey Bird in terms of a player whose hype and potential before they got here has has become much clearer in terms of where their ceiling is while they're here. Yeah. Um, and for me, I don't want players like that. You know, I look across across the field at other players like Thor coming in as a guy who's a center forward who goes out and plays left wing and looks better to me playing left wing with the style of play that we want to play than Fafa has the entire entirety of the beginning of the season. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Uh, but like you said, there are teams out there that are a better fit or would be a good fit for Fafa if they're willing to pay for him. Um, you know, he's not super expensive, all things considered, but, uh, you know, I'm sure the expectation is if we move him, um, you know, there's got to be something in return. And with the rumors out there that there's, you know, they're looking at a potential international player. Uh, rumors are a, a, a guy from Honduras um, looking at a guy from Progreso. Um, well, well, that's another thing, though. It's like, how many international slots do we have left? You know, I mean, that's right one now. thing. That's one thing about Fafa. He's an American, you know? Yep. So, I mean, we don't, and, and uh, you know, and it's, I would love, I would love if we had one of our players representing the United States in the World Cup. But, you know, we don't. Yeah, it's, you know, MLS is, I think, uh, it presents a, a challenge from the, you know, the perspective of domestic versus, you know, uh, international talent and having to juggle those international slots. And uh, the Dynamo have a international slot that this year they had traded away. Thank you, Matt Jordan, for continuing to, you know, continuing to shove your terrible management back at us a year later after you're gone. Uh, but, uh, we are, we are down an international slot for this season because of that. We traded for some for a couple of slots in the early, uh, early part of the uh, preseason so that we could, or off season so that we could have flexibility. A lot of the players we brought in, in the off season were not international players with the exception of Sebas. Um, so Pat has been, Pat and Asher have been very focused on bringing in players that are much more domestic focused, domestic oriented, um, but even with that being said, and of course we have our young players down in, uh, Dynados that, you know, any player that gets loaned to Dynados for, for the season, if they're an international player, Dynados has, has to deal with the international player slot, but the Dynamo would not need to. So, uh, players that are playing for Dynados that take up an international slot would not take up an international slot if they stay down there. Um, yeah, those were the glory days, weren't they? Yeah, Rico, of course Holden, I remember. Ching, Cameron. Uh, we had Ed, uh, Eddie Brad Robinson, Davis. Brad Davis, yeah. uh, Brian Mullen. Um, he got a couple caps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was always Dwayne De Rosario, who was Canadian, who Canadian, would, you know, count a little different. Um, just a lot of a lot of options, right? Uh, yeah. But you you have to take a look at where we're at right now uh, and the players we have right now. And I would say that I like what we have built so far, and what we have built so far, I think, has to at this point. Go ahead. Oh, the tally hall was one, yeah. Uh, and include uh, Hector Herrera in that build because we're already, you know, we're already paying. We already have the international slot for him, so we've already made yeah. the roster room. We've got the roster space for him. He's mm -hmm. that other DP, so you know he he's definitely a part of the team at this point. Uh, and you have to factor him in now, moving forward as we're looking outside, you know, past this international break. 
uh, and looking forward, you have to you have to start looking at the team with him included. The the rumor, of course, being or the the going going the prevailing thought is that he's going to debut in early July. A lot of people have pegged the game on the ninth, nine on the ninth against Dallas, yeah, uh, as as his debut match. I don't know how much that is true. I I would suspect that's probably the case, but. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot, uh, a lot of question uh, to be answered in that regard. But I, I, you know, I've asked this of every guest host that we've had on. I've asked it of Mark. I've answered it myself. I've answered it on every show that I've been on. Which, by the way, if you haven't heard yet, I was on Dynalytics show last night. So make sure you go and uh, listen to that uh, over on Twitter. They've got a link for it over there. I'm sure Knight can uh, link you also in chat if it lets him put links in chat. Uh, but uh, the question has always been and always will be. What do you expect out of Hector Herrera, uh, and what kind of an impact do you think he's going to make? So, Rob, I'm going to throw it to you. I want to hear your opinion. Well, is the number one impact he's going to have is in the stands. That's the that's number one. Um, he's going to bring in fans that may maybe have never come to a Dynamo match before, um, or they've only come to see LAFC with Carlos Vera or LA Galaxy with Chicharito. You know, they're going to come to see Hector Herrera and support Houston Dynamo. They're going to have Hector Herrera Houston Dynamo shirts. They're not going to have Chicharito LA Galaxy shirts or Carlos Vela LAFC shirts. They're going to have Hector Herrera shirts with Houston. So that's going to be a huge number one. And that's going to build the atmosphere in the stadium. And anytime you have a great at home atmosphere, it really lifts up the players. It really does. And that's why it was so important for them to give us that hustle town section in the North end of the stadium. So we could have that organization of all the supporters groups together, um, cheering on the team. And you, you know, whenever they have a big win, they come to us and they applaud us, you know, because for thanking them for thanking us for helping keep the atmosphere alive for them. And it really, it's, 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 have you ever heard the term energy vampire? <laughs> Some people might consider me an energy vampire, Sean, where, uh, you know, I, but it's not an energy vampire. It's like, I feed off of the energies of people around me. I'm very susceptible to other people's emotions. So that's why I love going to sporting events. I love going to concerts because you just have that shared energy and it's typically positive. But if a team as the dynamo have been doing the past pre two previous seasons, lose more than they win, that energy's that energy is pretty low. And, and a lot of people don't want to pay to, to have a downer you don't want to pay to see your team lose that sucks you know so i mean i've done that for 10 plus years now what are you talking about well i mean yeah so have i so have i but it, but when they win and when it's a great you know they make a, a great goal it's like you forget about all the bad stuff you forget about it you're just there in the moment and you feel it and you're there and you're part of it and there's nothing else like it you know that's what, you know, when a lot of things are shut down during the pandemic, it was, it was hard on so many people because of that, you know, uh, me, you know, me, me included, but so, so I'm it's, it's kind of a long winded question. I know this is a long format show, but number one, number one is going to be in, in the stands without a doubt. Okay. And, uh, 
Savers, you can borrow my energy, Rob, but you can't have it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, on the field itself, it's, you know, it's, it's, I have a wait and see attitude about it. You know, he's a talented player, you know, but he is in the downward, uh, downward scale. Of, you know what? He's 32 years old. He's about to turn 33 and we have him for what? Three or four years, Th- three years. So until he's 36, which for a midfielder is, it's pretty, pretty old. And, you know, for, you know, Steve Clark is 36 right now, but, it, you know, Pat Onstad played until he was what, 42, 43, you know, so goalkeepers can play a little bit longer. Um, midf- I mean, cause you're not running as much, you know, you're not losing, you don't have that, that step to lose. So like if, if he's able to stay around the middle of the field and just, you know, send in passes here and there, he, he should be okay. But do I think he's going to, be, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's going to be there long enough to help bring in Brooklyn Reigns and then have Brooklyn Reigns uh, take over for him. And then we will have our, uh, our United States national team star right there. If you look down in Dynamo two, we do have a couple of players that are uh, playing in the youth, the youth national team. So, yeah, I uh, you know I, I look at Hector Herrera and it, it's definitely a move to bring fans back into the stadium. But I also think there's a piece of this puzzle that tends to go unspoken of, and I think you hinted at it. You kind of touched on it, but I I don't know if you really uh, really clarified it enough for people. And, and I want to take that opportunity. So sure, <laughs> go for it. It's fine. I, sorry, I'm laughing at Kyle's comment. It's so funny. Hi, Kyle, by the way. Uh, I know people think that he, <laughs> Kyle and I are the same person, uh, but I promise you we are not, uh, even though you will never see us in the same room at the same time or the same place at the same time. Uh, but I think what Hector Herrera brings to this club, uh, I think there's three things in particular. One, he brings obviously just a following in terms of his pre, you know, his career up until this point, uh, and in terms of the, you know his Mexican national team status. He's still a star on that team. Uh, you know, and, and with that, that that brings eyeballs, which, as you and I were talking about related to videos, you know, eyeballs are a piece of the puzzle, but they're not the entire puzzle. Doesn't matter how many people you get in the seat. So, you know, for for three months, if after those three months to uh, I think uh, who was it that said it earlier to um, oh, where did it go? Where did it go? There was a comment in chat and now, oh, uh, Knight's comment about how. Even with Chicharito, uh, Galaxy are still struggling with with attendance. You know, you can bring in that big name player, but at some point, that bringing in of the big name player has to equate to success on the field. Right. Um, sure. It's not enough to just bring that player in. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that that's the the first thing that he brings. Though is he brings the eyeballs. He brings the you know casual fans, uh, people who are just looking for an opportunity to see this guy who you know, who, who they've watched on TV a few times where they saw play with their favorite team in At- uh, Atletico Madrid or who they saw play with the Mexican national team. So he's going to bring those people into the stadium. And I, I mentioned this last night on the Dynalytics podcast, and I think it's super important, uh, or Dynalytics show, sorry, uh, in advance if I mispronounced whatever that was. Uh, but uh, he brings, brings people into the stadium. 
it's the responsibility of the fans that are of the the, the fans that are in the stadium uh of the supporters groups uh and the other fans to bring that atmosphere and that energy you were just talking about uh the energy the atmosphere the vibe the the all of that um to bring that uh and, and get those people into the match get those people enjoying what they're watching you know i've been to astros games where they've lost i've been to astros games where they've definitely won i've been to astros playoff games i've been to texans games i've been to rockets games i went to the rockets uh game when the uh, games when they were on the 20 some odd game winning streak 22 game 23 game winning streak i saw the final match of that winning streak by the way amazing uh, final game amazing game uh but all of that being said Every time I've gone back to one of those games has been because of the atmosphere created by the fans. Some yeah. some of it was also the play on, on the on the court or on the field, but mm -hmm. it was because of feeling like this is an entertainment uh, option for me. This is something I want to go back to. And so, yeah. you know, if, if somebody is a casual fan and they come to see Hector Herrera and the supporters groups, there's like 20 people out there out of the like 200 and something that, you know, should be showing up then why would I come back? Obviously, they don't even care about their own team. So it's right. going to be essential, especially these first five, six, seven, eight matches where Hector Herrera is on the team, uh, that the supporters absolutely come out in full force. And I'm not saying they won't, and I'm not saying they don't already, but it's just extra important that they have, when they come out, they're doing it in a way that is encouraging and welcoming to every other fan uh, that makes it out. You know, be be willing to to open your arms and say, hey, you know, you're here for Hector Herrera. So are we. We're happy. You know, we're happy to have you here and, and you know, come hang out. Let's have a good time. Uh, let's enjoy this, you know, and and uh, and make it an experience that they can't forget. Uh, but, you know, that's that's the second. The, uh, still part of the first thing he's going to bring. But that's the responsibility of the fans and the supporters. Um, the second thing he's going to bring, though, is he's going to bring accountability. Man, I can't think of the last time we had a player on the team that actually brought accountability to the team. Um, accountability right. to other players on the team, younger players, veteran players, uh, you know, homegrown players, other DPs. It doesn't matter who you are. You know when a player like Hector Herrera is coming on the team, when a, a player with his established reputation is coming to the team, you full well know as another player that your expectation uh, or the expectation upon you increases. Uh, you are expected to put in the effort. If he is putting in 100%, you better damn well be sure to be putting in at least 100%. Um, and, and if you're not putting in that 100%, you better expect that he's going to call you out on it. Um, and, and that's the type of accountability that I feel like this team has lacked for so long. I've not seen players on this on this squad in so long that kept each other accountable. I, I haven't seen it since the, since the Dominic Kinnear days with players like Brad Davis and Dwayne De Rosario and um, mm -hmm. you know and Brian Ching and Eddie Robinson, man, if you went out there on those you know, on those teams and you didn't give a hundred percent in practice or on the pitch in the in the match, your ass was done. Like you right. were gonna get reamed. And if it, even if it, we didn't see it on the pitch, I know. I don't even have to say you know I believe. No, I know they got reamed after the fact, whether it was by Tom Kinnear. Or the players, you know, other players themselves who had earned that, you know, earned that and, and put in the effort. And I just feel like that is something he's going to bring that we just haven't seen in so long. And that is, I think, the thing that I key on the most. Uh, but there is a third thing. He's going to bring an understanding 
of how to play this game at a professional level for all of these young guys that we've started sure. to develop and started to bring in and starting to build up. Players like a Beto Avila, uh, players like a Marcelo Palomino, um, mm-hmm. you know, players, uh, you know, players like a Juarez that, that are in Dynados, players like Juan Castilla, players like Brooklyn Reigns, players like uh, uh, Vasquez. You know, all of these players that have been outstanding with Dynados, uh, even Memo to some extent, right? Uh, and and these other young players. But players, uh, Ethan Bartlow is another great example. Thor is another great example. These players that have been brought in over the last two, three, four seasons uh, and, and come up through the academy, these players now have someone to strive to mirror, strive to be like. When was the last time? I, I mean, look, Memo Rodriguez, as great as a homegrown as he's been in terms of just being a role model for the homegrowns, I am tired of him being the role model for homegrowns and the the aspiration that homegrowns have. I want a player that homegrowns can look at and say, I want to be like that guy, and he's playing on the team that I want to play for. Because up yeah. until now, they've all wanted to go elsewhere because they've not had that guy to look up to. And Albert Delise was not that guy. Mauro Manotas was not that guy. Romel Kyoto damn well for sure was not that guy. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I loved all three of those players. I loved all, <laughs> as people, but and even as players, but they weren't the right fit for what we needed for that particular process. And... You know, I think I think you know, even as good as Memo's been in the last couple matches, I still think that he's n- never going to be that top tier guy in MLS. And at some point, we have to stop trusting that eventually he's going to get there or pushing him to try to be there. I think we've seen his ceiling. I think we know where his ceiling exists, and expecting him to become anything more is. It, I'm I'm done trying to have that, and I think Hector Herrera answers that question in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I look at it and that's, that's what I feel like. So. All right. That's a lot. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Good, good points. Good points, Sean. Uh, you know, yeah. So let's look at chat what... real quick. Sorry. Look at chat real yeah. quick. Tyler Derrick was a homegrown. Yeah. That's not a guy you want, you know, young players looking up to, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Pat says going to steal the tagline of the new season of Shorzy biggest problem we've had with the players in the past it's not that they don't love to win; it's that they hate, don't hate to lose. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. yeah. Uh, that's a really good call out, actually. Uh, but uh, you know, another thing too, and it's not a Hector Herrera thing, but you know, you you look at the the talent level that we've seen come in since Pat's got here: Brooklyn Reigns, Xavier Vasquez. Um, you, you know, even the young players that were already here in Juan Castilla and Marcelo Palomino, uh, Juarez. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, but all these young players, they have, it, it almost seems like to me, they have a secondary drive now. Um, and they're pushing even harder than they were before. Um, you know, as incredible as Dynados has been this season, um, you know, there's other players that can still step up and play. Uh, you know, we were just talking last week on the show about we have 12 players between senior team uh, and Dynados in the academy called up to their respective national team. Uh, you know, or their their youth national teams, as it were. Uh, and, and to me, that's just incredible. I can't remember the last time I saw the Dynamo across their organization have 12 players called up uh, to a, a national, you know, co- uh, on an international break uh, for any mm-hmm. reason. So, uh, you know, the level of talent is there. You know, these players aren't just called up because, you know, because they're a player in the system. They're called up because they have the talent to compete at that level. Um, right. And the coaches want to see them play. So, 
you know, the talent is there. We're, we're finding and building the talent. We, we've developed this talent, and now it's time to, to take advantage of it. And to your earlier point, you know, let's say that Hector Herrera sticks around for his exact three years, um, and he starts to decline in that third year. Brooklyn Reigns is ready to step into that role. Hopefully Coco is still here, ready to step into that role or ready to continue playing in that role. Um, you know, hopefully Juan Castilla by then is ready to go and another player in the midfield in the same basic position. Um, hopefully Juarez is ready by that point. Hopefully pa- uh, Palomino has come in by that point. You know, we have a wealth of talent in the youth, but it's a matter of helping that transition happen. And I just think Hector Herrera can help bridge that gap a little bit. Uh, and again, just be a role model that we've lacked for so long uh, in the Dynamo Club as a whole. No, you're absolutely right. Again, you bring up the good points. Uh, you know, somebody's asking where, where Palomino has been, and then someone else earlier. You know, the Dynamo haven't been very clear about injuries, and you know, we were all wondering where Sevis has been, and then it finally came out that he was on in COVID protocol. Like, did he had COVID? Was he exposed? I mean, like. So they're not really being, you know, as, as out with what's going on with these players when it comes to their injuries and, and, you know, illnesses. So we don't really know what's going on. You know, if we see, you know, Fafa's being a little slow and then somebody's like, well, he's got a nagging injury. It's like, I didn't know that he had a nagging injury. He's not listed as hurt anywhere, you know, so if there's one knock I have on MLS as a whole, it's that injury reporting is very uh, opaque. <laughs> Nobody mm-hmm. really knows, you know. Uh, MLS fantasy, when you're playing uh, Major League Soccer fantasy, good luck knowing who to play every week because half of your players yeah. are probably actually not going to play in the match because they're injured, uh, but it was never reported. I gave up. Oh, I, I gave I, up on yeah. that. <laughs> I still have the same roster I had like five weeks ago. Uh, and I was doing well. I was like second place in the surge league. And I'm just like, whatever. I don't even care anymore. Uh, but, you know, a lower body injury. Yeah. Lower body injury or upper body injury uh, yeah. are two of my favorites. Uh, that's, two a hockey. that's a big in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and, and some coaches will say, well, we do it because, you know, we want to keep some of that information to ourselves, not give our opposition advantages, um, you know, things like that. But, you know, it, it's got to be there's got to be a little more transparency around it, you know, especially with the COVID protocol stuff. Like, why did it take that? And, you know, now to his credit, maybe he didn't, you know, maybe he never tested positive, but the team still knew that he was exposed at least to some extent. Otherwise he wouldn't be in COVID protocols. Um, But, you know, even with that being said, I mean, I, I look at the team, I think on a whole, the club on a whole, and there's no doubt we're definitely headed on the right trajectory, finally. Um, and, you know, I've given all the credit that I can possibly give to, you know, to Ted Siegel for the work that he's put in as owner, to Pat Onstad for the work he's put in as GM, to the work that Asher Mendelson has put in as um, as uh, technical director. Sorry, it took me a minute to remember his official title. And the work that Paolo has put in as, as head coach. Um, look, it, it requires, you know, this front office in terms of player personnel in uh, player acquisitions, it only works because everybody everybody does their part. Um, it requires all of them to be on the same page and to be working together to build the best roster possible to make sure that they're getting the most out of the roster slots that they are you know that they have uh, to you know to make sure that if a player becomes uh, disgruntled or upset or frustrated at the situation that they move that player on and they don't leave that player around to become a cancer in the locker room. You know, whatever the cases may be out there, that 
um, it, you know, it falls on the, them as a front office to to do the right thing, to to bring in the right players for what they're trying to do. And and I look at this first, you know, let's call it the half of the season at this point, and I don't think there's any doubt that they've done that so far. You know, there were players that were moved in the offseason that honestly surprised me a little bit. Sure, there were a lot of players kept around, but there were a couple of players that I was like, wait, why are why is he why are we why is he gone? <laughs> like what? What? But I think, you know, on the whole, we've been better. I mean, there's no doubt. You statistically look at the theme, we've been better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. We've absolutely been better. I mean, we were the worst the past two seasons. We were the worst in the West. I mean, thankfully, we weren't wooden spoon winners. We weren't the worst in the whole league. Thank you, Cincinnati, for for that. But, you know, um, so, I mean, it's it's looking up. You know, and, and, and a lot of people... They, they want to get there right, right now. And, you know, I'm a little, I was a little upset that we didn't put out the, uh, a winning roster to win, uh, to win the open cup match in Kansas city. I think that was a winnable game. I think that was a very winnable game. And, you know, when your best player in the, in the whole competition is Sam Junka, that's, that's not, that's not very promising it really makes me believe they didn't really care about this competition at all and that that seems plausible to me um you know i've spoken before that when you get to this stage of the season too especially as they started to have a couple of minor injuries covid protocols things like that um i i you know me personally i wanted to see him just trot out a full dynados roster and no absolutely sure. no dynamo senior players like let those guys who've already proven that they can play together let them just go out there right. and have fun. You know, it's the open cup and that sort of thing. But I also get it from a club perspective. It's an opportunity. If you can go out there and win and it wasn't like it was an unwinnable game. Uh, it was certainly winnable, um, yeah. you know, but if you can go out there and you can steal a victory in, in Kansas city, then you set yourself up for a potential run at that open cup, which sets you up for a potential run at CCL. Uh, if you can, if you can win it, but you know, things happen, situations being what they are. I, I'm, I'm okay with still not being in open cup. I think that, you know, this team was not really built for open cup, uh, you know, to make a run at open cup. Uh, but it was good. Honestly, it was good to see some of the young players, but I would have rather seen a lot more of the young players get minutes because I felt like there were players that we expected to see that we didn't. Um, <clears throat> Marcelo Palomino, um, you know, and others uh, who we didn't see uh, that I feel like really could have used that opportunity to at least show what they're capable of um you know but now we're out of it we can't look backwards we got to look forwards and uh coming up sure. in what is it a week's time less than a week's time uh we've got a match coming up again pretty soon uh okay we'll talk about that he wants to move on evil death wants to move on so we'll talk predictions for charity's cut match against san louis i i predict it's going to be hot i predict triple digit temperatures going out on a limb on that one yeah i mean i mean how many of our guys are not going to be there because of international break five. how many five senior players no how six many... six thor is also gone that's right i forgot Yeah, because iceland yeah so that's six of our senior players and then i know a few of our youth uh our dynamo dose players are gone too because they're playing with under 17s under yeah 19. juan uh, castilla is gone um 
Brooklyn Reigns is gone. Brooklyn Reigns sure. is gone. Yeah, both of them with Z- the Z- US Xavier team. Valdez. Xavier Valdez. Uh, yeah, and then there's some. There's an academy kid midfielder. Um, there was Thor, and then there's another academy kid. Uh, yeah, so we got well. so many people. We got so many people on international duty. I don't. I don't know anything about Atletico San Luis, other than they're like half owned by Atletico. Madrid and half owned by San Luis Potosi. Is that right? Is Potosi? I, I feel like that's not correct. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm saying that super white. <laughs> George, help us. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I genuinely, but, don't but know. yeah, so it's a, it's a, I mean, they're kind of new to, to Liga Emeki, even. I mean, they got that, that uh, La Liga money pumped in. Um, so I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how old the team actually is. I, I don't know if they're a new team or if they've been around for a long time and they just kind of got this influx of money. I'm not, I don't know too much about them, honestly, but I, I know, uh, where is, um, Hector Herrera from, do you know what town he's from? I mean, I guess I could look that up myself, but I have absolutely no clue. Let, let me, but I, I do like that you unintentionally called out the connection between San Luis and uh, the Dynamo in Hector Herrera because yeah. of that connection from Atletico Madrid, which you did point out. Um, you know, a lot of fans were wondering why it wasn't Atletico Madrid. Uh, it's because, you know, that they because typically that's how it usually works is yeah. that the Charities Cup team has some connection to a player we've brought in or a coach we've brought in. Correct. Uh, and so this time it Correct. just happened to be in a, I mean, who's, who's surprised by it? It's Hector Herrera. Uh, you know, I mean, that connection at, to Atletico. Atletico Madrid wasn't coming. <laughs> so they were like, we'll, we'll send our B team. That's their, their B team. Yep. I mean, it's kind of like uh, Manchester, uh, Manchester City. It's like uh, NYCFC is their B team, you know? So, uh, Ros- Hector Herrera's from, uh, Rosarito, which is, it's actually beach town on the Baja, on the ba- Baja California peninsula. So very nice, but he started off, he started off at Pachuca. That's where he started. Not a bad team to start some, with either. Some quick, yeah. The university of football, mm-hmm. that's what they call themselves. Uh, evil death says Nelson gets a clean sheet. That's his bold prediction or their bold prediction. <laughs> Uh, Michael Nelson. Michael I Nelson. I think Nelson is probably not starting. I think Steve Clark's back by now. Uh, I mean, he only you... was Steve Clark was only missing because of his baby being born. Right. So yeah, I would be shocked if Steve Clark wasn't back for the Charities Cup match. To be honest with you, and yeah, but would would you put him there? Why not why just not? give Nelson? Because because I mean, to put I mean. Put Nelson there. He needs he needs more game time experience because you have two halves. Let Nelson play one half and Steve Clark play the other half. Start with Steve Clark in the first half and then second half bring on Michael Nelson. Are they going to have unlimited substitutions? It's a friendly. Of course they will. No, not necessarily. No, they it will. They'll have them for something like a Charities Cup match. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not only is it a friendly, it's an exhibition match. So like it means absolutely nothing to. It anybody. means absolutely positively nothing. Yep. Now. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, we were, um, you know, the Dynamo Dose have a game that day too against Sporting Kansas City too, and a lot in of the, the same surge, venue now. In the same venue now. At, at first, it was going to be at Aviva, 
And a lot of us in the surge, we're going to like, well, we're going to skip the charity game and go to the dynamo dose game. Cause that kind of means something, you know, cause there it's a league game. Um, but yeah, they're still missing some players too. So, um, but yeah, now they moved it to, to PNC. It's a double header and yeah, their game starts at four 30, which is the hottest part of the day. It's gonna people. Yeah, they need to give us free water. I, I really. Need to I'm give assuming us free they'll water. be the free water, but I'm also assuming that uh, the supporters are going to be lobster colored uh, by the end of the evening. I'm wearing a big hat. I'm wearing uh, long sleeves. So, good. Good luck. Hope that helps. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trust me, I'll be good. I'll be good, dude. I'm wearing long but... sleeves in a hundred plus degree weather. Hope that helps. <laughs> oh dude it's worth it when it's breathable when it's breathable uh ooh, the astros are not doing well um yeah the breathable sun sun stuff it's it you know it's good it'll work lots of sunscreen i don't wear i don't like to wear sunscreen i don't like those chemicals you got to keep reapplying it and, and you sweat you sweat it off and if you wear it on your face it gets all in your eyes it burns and stuff yeah, uh, to C's point, I found out real quick at the Austin game how much the sun bounces off that white concrete in the supporters yep. section, and that match was only yeah, like it was only like ninety degrees, and yeah. but yeah, it was it was hot, it was True. very hot, uh, you know, and this is going to be a hundred degrees, and and the sun is going to be like that is you know that sun is going to be right there, a little bit off, but right there beaten down. Uh, I, for one, am unavailable, so I will not be at the matches, but uh, I wish you all Godspeed in your recovery after. Uh, you know, but Recovery after, the next day, it's a dash match. That's what I mean. <laughs> uh, and actually, what a wonderful transition to the Houston Dash. Let's talk about them real quick. Uh, all right. Real quick being a, uh, you know, being a misnomer, because we're going to talk about them quite a bit. Uh, Rob, you have been out to a couple of dash matches uh, this season so far, and mm-hmm. uh, home matches. Uh, and you are, uh, you decided this last match that you didn't want to play drums with me. And I was sad. <laughs> and yes, I'm calling you out on the show for this. So I've taken up the mantle of playing that, the drums. That uh, wasn't, that was, the, that wasn't the last match. That was the last match I was at the last match when they won five to nothing. I, I couldn't go because I had the flu. That was not a, Oh, wait, that was a home match. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I was at that match. You're right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember that now. Okay. I, I yes. watched that. Yes. I watched that thanks to some kind soul on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to kind souls on YouTube uh, <laughs> who are uh, sharing and restreaming the uh, the NWSL broadcast. Appreciate yeah. you. Uh, but let's talk about that match. Uh, actually, uh, last night uh, yeah. against uh, against um, Angel City. Angel City. I was going to say Portland. I'm like, that's not right. Angel no, City. Angel City. Angel City FC. And uh, Jane Campbell, forever known as the GOAT oh. uh, when it comes to saves, that oh, double man. save was uh, one of the best double saves I think I have ever seen, um, you know, let alone NWSL. I mean, in soccer, just period, men's or right. women's. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, it wasn't just really the double save. It was technically a triple because she did catch that ball after that was technically headed towards goal. So it was a triple save. Uh, but the double back-to-back, uh, the athleticism required to, to get that second mm-hmm. save and to recover from the first save. I mean, just insane. Uh, and, and that's what we've come to expect from Jane Campbell. Uh, 
Um, but, uh, you know, the team looking a little weak in the back in the last match, uh, definitely providing plenty of opportunities. Uh, and if Angel City were a little bit more on frame a little more often and Jane Campbell not, well, Jane Campbell, uh, I wouldn't have been shocked to see Angel City take that match. Um, right. But, you know, hey, a draw on the road, even if it was 0-0, is not the worst result. Uh, mm. We'll definitely take the point on the road. There's nothing wrong with that, especially as well as the Dash have played this season. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we are well set up for this final push of the season. I think there's another six or seven uh, home uh, six home matches left, something like that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, another like eight, I think, road matches left to go. Uh, but setting up ourselves well, uh, or setting up them, they're setting themselves up very well for a run uh, at the playoffs for a change. Uh, and how nice would it be for this year to be the year that we actually do make the playoffs? Um, because, you know, uh, Sarah Loudon taking over, it, un, as unexpected as it was, what an absolute, let's call it blessing in disguise that she was, yeah. you know, she was already on the sideline. Uh, and available to step in and then stepped in like didn't even miss a beat in my opinion um just yeah. absolutely stepped in and took ownership of that position and and uh you know you can't argue with the work the team has put on the field i mean it's been incredible i mean were you were you there at pitch 25 when uh president jessica o'neill came for uh the last game i was at I think I, 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 if I was at the match, then yes, yeah. I was at pitch 25. Before okay. Well, I don't know if you remember, I, 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 I told her, I was like, listen, I, I apologize if this is out of line, you know, I don't know the, the specific details of, of the situation, but I would really love to see the, the acting title removed from Sarah Loudon's name. And I, if um, I remember correctly, Jessica's response to you was, we will look into that. <laughs> Yeah, she was like, no, that's a very good point. And uh, we appreciate, she's like, I appreciate you telling me that. We want to hear from the fans about what they think. And I'm like, and I was like, she's earned it on the field and off the field. Because Absolutely. also, you know, her her poise and leadership with with just everything that's going on with the team and without, you know, outside of the team, it's it's been huge. And, you know, She's handled it brilliantly. So I don't, I don't, I can't see them finding anyone better. And I don't think they should look for anyone else. Um, Again, I don't know the specifics of why it hasn't been. I don't know like the specifics with the contract and the, and the, with James Clarkson's um, like what they have to do to officially dismiss him. If there's any kind of, legal repercussions they would have to worry about, you know, with contracts and everything, you know, but there was a, you know, there was a finding by the league and the league's players association. And it, and it happened with Orlando, you know, with their coach right after, you know, we beat them five to nothing. Then their head coach got, you know, the same exact thing happened to them. So. Yeah. I mean, technically what's up, Manny. Uh, thanks for the sub, Manny. I appreciate that. Uh, actually, I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> um, with It's important to remember, Clarkson, nothing was actually found as of yet. He still technically needs to be considered innocent, technically. Uh, with that being said, you know, something there, obviously, um, to some extent. I mean, it's hard to say. Information will probably never be released publicly. Um, same thing is likely going to be the case with uh, what just happened with Orlando's coach. 
I'm mm-hmm. probably never going to know the full details of it. Um, but, you know, I don't think this is nearly the end of this process. I think there's going to be more. But with that said, you know, to your point, I mean, Sarah's Sarah's been unbelievable. And her understanding and knowledge and and just feel for the game tactically is just, yeah. you can't replicate that. There are very few coaches that you can find, women's game or men's game, that have that level of just inherent understanding and inherent like they have they inherently feel the pulse of the game even to an extent where they just kind of know instinctually what's you know what's happening and what changes they need to make and what you know what shifts in between matches they need to make and uh i you know i i've brought this up outside of the show but you know the one thing i feel like the team needs to do at this point is they need to back loudon by bringing in an assistant coach for her um, that's going to be somebody with the experience of either M- uh, NWSL play or at least international women's play uh, or, uh, you know, other leagues internationally, um, someone who can support her, but also doesn't aspire to become the head coach, somebody that she can trust to, to kind of guide her through some of these processes that may be a little more difficult uh, as a rookie head coach, if you will. But even then, I mean, the way she's coaching right now, I don't even know if she needs it. You know, I, I still would if it, I was the dash, but, you know, where yeah. she's at and how she's coaching. I mean, just amazingly, uh, absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, and, and if she continues doing it at the end of the season, I don't think there's any doubt that interim title is absolutely going to be removed by the end of the season. So, yeah. Uh, so let's see. Evil Death, it will be a crime if Campbell is not selected as starting goalkeeper for the U.S. women's national team. Uh, I, could, I mean, I, I agree with you, but then I don't agree with you. I think there's... Um, you know, there's a number of keeper options there uh, that they can go with. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, the women's national team for so long has been a um, has been a, you know, a place that uh, a team that selects based off of certain popularity metrics and not necessarily the best person for the job. Uh, and yes, I'm throwing the U.S. women's national team under the bus by saying it, but it's true. Um, and so, I, you know, we'll have to see. But uh, I mean, just an amazing job by by Campbell last night and. If nothing else, it, you would have to think that raises her stock uh, as as a you know potential U.S. women's national team keeper. Yeah, when's uh, the last time she even went to a women's national team camp? It's been a little while. It's been a it's been a yeah. minute, as they say. Been a minute. Um. Yeah. Uh. So let's you know we've talked dash. Uh, let's talk about that five zero game real quick. Uh, Nichelle Prince with a hat trick. Yes. Uh, absurd, absurd level of play. Rachel Daly with the goal, and the other goal was scored by Alozi. Alozi. Um, that that Daly goal with from the Maria Sanchez pass, I showed my parents. My parents don't really care about the dash, but I showed them, like, I was like, I got to show you this. This is amazing. We were at dinner. I showed my dad and I showed my mom, you know. And uh, my dad was like, whoa, he played a little bit when he was a kid, sure. you know? So he, he was like, wow, that's, you know, just as, as a, a, a skill, you know, just that was just an amazing skill for any level of soccer, any gender. I mean, just that pass to be that, that perfect. And for her to head it with the two defenders on her right there and such a perfect angle to loop it over the goalkeeper. Wow. That's gotta be the NWSL goal of the year. Like, 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 and, and it's crazy that it happened in the same game that Nichelle Prince gets 
Her first ever hat was it her first ever hat trick? It was the first dash ever hat trick, actually. The first dash ever. I mean, so and that was the one dash game I didn't make it to because I was sick. Um, oh. I'm not saying the dash was trying to tell you something, Rob, but uh, <laughs> I hope you I hope you uh, hope you realize they're telling you something. Oh, just kidding. No, yeah, I mean it was incredible to to watch live because I mean it happened right in front of us. Uh, I mean, just, just absurd. Uh, and you know, it, it was extra fun because I watched that. So I don't usually watch the games back after the fact, unless there's something special that happened in that match. I watched the entirety of those highlights like three times after the match. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean the Robin Van Persie vibe, 100%. I mean, but Manny's saying I'm not allowed at the dash games anymore. Come on, bro. I mean, he's not wrong, though. Uh, I got no, season tickets. I'm going to be there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, if you go and, and they lose, then, you know, I mean, you know, point taken, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. with that being said, I mean, you know, that that goal, the cr- we have to give so much credit to Maria Sanchez for the delivery of that ball. Because, Ray, I mean, it was on the run. Rachel Daly was on the run. On the run. She left. I mean, it was every moment of that play. If you were a young player aspiring to hit, you know, MLS or NWSL or international or whatever, if you are a young player, go back and watch that that entire sequence leading up from the moment that Maria got the ball to the moment that she passes the ball uh, and serves that that ball in, to the moment that Rachel is on that ball with her head, the looping uh, header into the goal, like you said, um, you know, and, and just the entire. I mean, Rachel Daly laying out for a header when she's the first player. I mean, all of that is just unbelievable. And Rachel yeah. knew. I mean, the moment she had the header, you know, she kept. She didn't. She didn't like get back up. She was laying down. She laid out. And she just yeah. was looking at it like she was like, yeah. you know, her head was up, but she saw it go in and she was like, you know, you can see the literal <laughs> sigh of relief. Um, and it was such a, it was such a, it broke their backs. Uh, yeah. it, you know, it, it broke the opposition back. It was, you know, I always like to say, and you know, cause we hear it all the time in other sports, you know, when you get a lead, you got to step on their neck and you have to absolutely break their neck. Be willing to just don't, don't capitulate and be willing to play, their game because now we've been up for you know we're up two goals with 30 minutes left they're not going to come back you have to know soccer anything can happen within less than two minutes let alone you know let alone how much time was left on the clock at that point uh but again just i mean picture perfect absolutely i'm going to use the word magisterial play thank you ray hudson uh just i mean every moment of that play was just stellar and it in it invokes the level of play that these ladies are are capable of, and the level that they have reached, um, and also to some extent the synchronicity between those two players, the understanding between those two players. I don't know if there's another two players, not only on the team but in the league right now, that have that level of connection to hit that kind of a cross on the run while the striker is on the run, and the striker is able to hit that ball on a header full out dive. Uh, for it just i mean just craziness incredible amazing beautiful every word i have in my vocabulary absolutely describes that goal and and again um when nichelle nichelle prince with the, with the hat trick and alozi with her first goal for the dash what a what a special night and 
we, we really, if you guys have never been to a Houston dash match, if you're, if you're just dynamo fans, you really should come out and see a dash match. It is so much fun. It is so much fun. And, and Sean, I'll, I'll, I'll get up there and play drums with you again, bro. I'll do it. Yay. Uh, I just, my, my, my buddy, my buddy Marlon was there with his daughter and I kind of want to hang hang out with them. You know, it wasn't anything against you, bro. It was, uh, I'm just giving you crap. Uh, <laughs> I, it's fine. I had, so here, okay. I'm going to share this story because not a lot of people I think ever have realized this, but it was interesting because, because I was the only drum player, uh, for that match, the five Oh in particular, uh, because I was the only drum player for that match. What ended up happening is towards the end of the match, uh, people would come up and just play, uh, like at the very end of the match, I had two people that came up just randomly and started playing with me. Cool. Um, cause we had two extra drums set out and that was yeah. amazing. But one of them actually signed up to, to join. So, Hey, nice. apparently the more desperate I look as a drummer, <laughs> the more people I can bring into the, into the group. But, uh, no, it was incredible. And, uh, you know, uh, Jake, uh, I, I hope you're watching, or at least I hope you'll watch this back later. I uh, hope you're feeling better, and if not, I hope you get to yeah. feeling better, man. Uh, I know that uh, you got you got a little little something something going on, like Rob here had. Uh, I, I, I think I think I got it from him actually. Uh, so I've been sick. I've been sick since that dash game. Ooh. I came home and I started feeling bad. And I took a couple of COVID tests; and they were negative. So I was like, okay, well, I guess that's, it's just a flu. Good. You didn't get it from flu, me. The, Let's be clear: the, you did not get it from me. Yeah, the, and then the flu went away, and then I got a sinus infection. So uh, now I'm on now I'm on antibiotics. So thankfully I don't drink alcohol as it is. But I will say uh, this: I know you don't drink alcohol, and I, I completely support and respect that. For anybody else, alcohol, if you do it right, like a shot of whiskey, is a great way to actually kill bacteria and virus in your throat. In sure, your, in your sure. tract. I didn't sure. use it. Actually, I really kind of kicking myself. But you can't. I probably you should can't. Have. You can't snort whiskey, my friend. No, no. And that's where I have the issues is up here, not down here. So that is that is true. But the thing is, is even though the actual infection may be up here in the nasal cavity, that actually does because it clears going down. What happens is some of that will remain and it'll clear out whatever's like right there. Yeah. Uh, And even though you don't feel like it's up here or there, it is still also there as well. Anyways, I digress. Um, But uh, oh, Robin's hey, he's gotten better, even if it's barely, that's good. I'm glad to hear yeah. that. So um, I guess Robin, did you see him at the Blue Lion? I thought about I, I thought about going, but I still wasn't feeling like I went to the grocery store and uh that's like, yeah, I'm not George, you've never had as much as I can George, you've never had COVID or anything else because A, you drink like a elephant, uh, and B, <laughs> because you wear that gator every match you're at, and so you've got that automatic filter going on, buddy. Dude, I need, you know, I, that that's a good point, dude. I mean, you know, maybe, you know, I'm vaccinated and double boosted against COVID, but, and I, and I was vaccinated against the flu, but there are other strains of different things. So maybe it might be good for us to just continue to wear face masks when we're out in public. I mean, shit, I knew in 2020, um, I get bad seasonal allergies and I didn't get sick at all in 2020 because I was wearing that face mask everywhere, everywhere. And, uh, you know, and once I started, I got vaccinated and more people started getting vaccinated. I started wearing it less and less and, uh, fuck it. Maybe I need to start wearing it again, especially, you know, you were talking about the, uh, 
the the sun bouncing off of the the, the white concrete. We need to just start wearing spacesuits. <laughs> All right, that's you know? a little bit far unless you install a uh, fan to circulate air within the suit. That may be going a yeah. little far, but you, I mean, you yeah, can totally do it. You, no, absolutely. Like you have to have like an air conditioning unit in there because it would get hot. Well, like, think about like the what, what do furries do? Don't don't like good furry suits have air conditioning. I told you I was going to try not to take this off the rails, and here I go. I don't thought you swore to me you were not going to go the finister route. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. I I I am sorry. I I I am really looking forward to you coming back, buddy. I really just kidding. Go ahead, Rob. Continue on your furry. Continue with your furry track. Uh, I'm just saying, like good like costumes like that have some sort of fans or air conditioning system. And I know that the characters at Disney world do not because they don't give a shit about you at Disney. I worked for Disney. They don't give a shit about anybody at Disney. So uh, Eric, AKA old soccer guy wants to know what's your furry. What's my furry. I'm not a furry bro. I don't not either. And I (laughs) don't have one back to dynamo. Uh, yeah, may- but... maybe Diesel Fox. Yeah, Diesel. <laughs> not Diesel, still you... not my brand. Well, you know they have they have those like neck fans. I might actually, if I can find mine, I might bring my neck fan to the game on Saturday. Um, yeah, I might have a neck fan, bandana, face mask. I might have a big hat. You're not gonna be able to recognize me, bro. <laughs> uh, are you talking about for Charities Cup or or uh, the match after Charities Cup? Uh, for the what? The match after Cherry's Cup, like the, the the not the same day, like another later. I'm, oh, not, even, I'm, not, I'm not talking dash either. I'm, you, I'm talking the the next MLS match. Oh uh, no, we'll see. I don't know because that'll be the next MLS match. That'll be a night a night uh, a night game. Yeah, I don't it? think we have any day matches until like September October. After this, I think it's all night matches. Uh, seven kickoffs or later. But even then, I mean, 7 p.m., I mean, the, sun is, the sun is still out, but, you know, it's not the same. Thank God. I mean, the the um, Portland Thorns at Houston Dash on Sundays at 6 p.m., yes. which is a little earlier than it should I, be. I'm I'm referring to only MLS matches. At okay. Point. All right. Um, MLS, next MLS, Chicago Fire is a, on the 25th. That's a, a 7 p.m. kickoff. And that's you know June twenty fifth. I mean, it's gonna get it's gonna be dark at like nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So, so it'll still be it'll still be warm. It'll still be pretty heavy warm. But seven thirty, seven thirty. I'm going to that Austin game. That's an eight p.m. kickoff. That's I mean, but it's all shaded there, and we're they're going to be up in a stupid corner. Uh, but yeah, seven thirty, seven thirty. Um, August Saturday, August thirteenth, eight p.m. Against Montreal, it's a seven-one-three night. So yeah, I think uh, I think like our we have one that might be a two p.m. kickoff, but I'm pretty sure that's away from PNC later on sometime this summer, maybe in August or or September. But then, the earliest uh, the earliest game I see on here is a um, it's the last game of the season. It's a Sunday, October 9th at four p.m. So what's interesting about that match? Uh, definitely recommend you get. Tickets, no matter where the Dynamo are at at that point in time, because Chicharito is coming to town to face Ache Ache. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, decision day, everybody's playing at the same time, Western Conference. 
I mean, come on. You can't ask for a better setup for the end of the season. Uh, we were talking about earlier Evil Death. Uh, you know, the rumor going around is July 9th. Uh, uh, July 9th against uh, Frisco. Um, yep. Is uh, purported, pur- purported, not reported, purported uh, to be the day. Uh, and the match to, to look at as his debut match. But uh, Ooh, I got two tickets for that game. Oh, nice. Uh, but uh, it's going to depend on, you know, how he's feeling, how many minutes they're going to give him. I mean, even still, if he only comes in and plays 30 minutes in that match, uh, it's still enough, right? Like, just mm-hmm. let him play. That's all I ask. Uh, you know, and and uh, I want to see him, him line up against, uh, or not against, but uh, alongside Coco. Uh, I've been looking forward to that particular pairing for a while because I think both have enough going forward and coming back in defense to be able to to you know to play uh, and they're both adequately you know capable of being box to box midfielders um, and they both play that way uh, and so I'd like to see you know I'd like to see that kind of be our our at least see how it plays out you, you know maybe it plays out really well maybe it doesn't but don't know until you try. Uh, but yeah, July 9th uh, is is the expected debut for uh, Ache Ache. Uh, he's going to take a couple weeks off uh, for vacation for some personal time. I think he's earned it at this point. Uh, but uh, he's skipping Nations League uh, with the Nas- Mexican national team to come and uh, start training with Houston uh, after that two weeks is up, which that'll put him, you know, roughly uh, third week, fourth week of uh, June, which means right towards the end of June. Uh, and gives him a week or two with the club before training with the club before uh, before he debuts. So, um, you know, that lines out about right. Uh, you know, if you think of it that way, uh, and it's good to think that he's going to have time to train with the club and get to know the guys before he, you know, before he actually plays uh, and debuts because that just sets him up for, su- for success in that match, uh, which, hey, against Frisco, that's what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, we got to beat those guys, man. It sucks. It sucks to lose to anybody, but it really sucks to lose to your in-state rivals the most, especially it, at home. It sucked. Well, even more, it sucks to lose to them after you go up on them to begin with. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We were there, and we were there in Frisco, and Austin. Yeah. yeah. Here and Austin. Austin here. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's it's a back-to-back. Um, it is Frisco here, and then Austin away uh, that Tuesday. Uh, so very quick turnaround um, on that one. Uh, so it will be interesting to see the lineout we put uh, we put out uh, for the match simply because you are talking three days rest, uh, no two days rest, um, uh, really one day rest Monday because Sunday you, is the game. So that would be no Sunday is not the game. It's Saturday, is right? No, it is Sunday. It's a Sunday match, and then you have Monday travel day essentially, and then you play Tuesday uh, Tuesday midday uh, in Austin. So one day of rest in there. That's that's rough, man. Uh, for any player, they there's play, no recovery. Yeah, they, yeah, they play Saturday. They oh, play okay. Sat. They play Sat Saturday the ninth at seven thirty, and then they have Sunday and Monday off, and they play Tuesday the twelfth at eight p.m. Yeah, so, so they have Sunday Sunday will be the recovery day. Mm-hmm. Monday will be you know travel, and uh, Monday probably won't be travel. Monday will be you know training. They could, uh, yeah, they and, could travel on Tuesday. It's not travel. a long. I mean that's the I mean that's the one good thing about you know Dallas is coming to here. I don't know if Dallas is doing the same thing. No, because they've got they could they could travel Friday and, and hang out Friday night here and then yeah be here so you know, Saturday. So so for for us to play a home game and then an away game in Austin isn't that big a deal. But it's still like for me it, it's no big deal to go you know because I don't have an obligation right now. 
But for most people, you know, they've got day jobs. They, they basically, the game is at eight. So it's not going to be over with till 10. And we're not going to probably get into the bus until 11 because of all the bullshit (laughs) that's going to be involved with that. Um, so, you know, and on the way back, we'll, we'll get back at like two in the morning, you know? Yeah. And then I got another, I I got like another 45 minute drive home. Yeah. Evil says it's a two and a half hour drive in between Houston and Austin. That's true. That's true. If you're not hitting rush hour, either out of Houston or into Austin, Austin rush hour, man, you're not going anywhere. I I mean, that's why we're leaving early that day. We're leaving at one o'clock. I thought it was noon. Either way. Yeah, still early enough. That either one is still... I mean, they were talking about trying to leave at 4, and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? There's no way you leave at 4 and get to that match in time. Nope. So, yeah, I was glad to see they changed that. Uh, you know, if you if you are planning to go uh, as part of a supporter group, you better get your ticket uh, and then sign up for the buses uh, because, man, they're going to go fast, just like they did for Frisco um, and Austin, you know, the last time. Uh, it's not going to take long for them to for those spots to go um yeah no six street partying this time uh nope. you know last year uh last year the surge got a, a, a uh, we called it the surge house in austin and we spent the weekend there uh and we hit up dirty sixth uh one night and uh i was the dd that night um <laughs> and i have never understood what it meant to be corralling kindergartners until that night um <laughs> it was it was it was fun we shall say um, I've also never had that many people riding my, the front of my truck before. Um, that was also interesting and fun. Uh, <laughs> but you know, Hey, everybody made it home safely. Thank God. Uh, and, uh, you know, the trip was a blast. Um, but you know, it, it's Austin is a different animal, um, in terms of, you know, traveling there and playing there. Um, and it'll be nice to, to think that we probably have Ache Ache for that match. Um, but again, if, if he debuts for Frisco, uh, you know, how many minutes is he going to play knowing that we turn around and play Austin and, you know, in three days? Uh, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe half the game or, you know, 60 minutes, but like, is he going to start both games? You know, are people in Austin coming to see him specifically? I think you it know? would be absolutely perfect to have him not start the match in Austin and then come on at halftime or something, you know, just to stick it to the fans that think that they're going to go watch Ache Ache uh, in Austin. <laughs> like, oh, you thought you were getting to see our best player. Ha ha, you were wrong. Um, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, well, he's a not a CCL player. He's a UCL player. Get it right. UEFA Con- uh, Champions League, not CONCACAF. Uh, mm-hmm. UCL uh, player. Yeah, you know, he played in he played in a couple of UCL matches, played the full 90 with both of those matches, but um those weren't, you know, 3 days apart either. There was a little bit more time between those matches. So, again, you know, it, it's difficult especially at that age and and you know, 32 isn't too bad, but you know, once you hit past 30, going, you know, two matches 3 days apart playing box to box in the heat uh is a different yeah. animal completely. So, now he is a CCL player. Touche, touche. Well played, well played. Um, but you know, uh, here in the Houston Heat in in July, uh, even if it's an eight p.m. Ki- or no, that that match on Saturday is probably a seven or seven thirty. Seven thirty. Seven thirty. Yeah, seven thirty kickoff. Um, and and against Frisco, you know, even we know even seven thirty p.m. in Houston 
in the humidity and the heat that you might as well be playing in 90 degree weather um you know 90 degree temps uh and then traveling to austin and it's not going to be a lot better in austin uh for that match either so uh it should be a little cooler thank god because it, it is an 8 p.m kickoff but man it's gonna be you know all of that combined is just a lot to ask a player who's just debuting uh, mm -hmm. to kind of take all that on. So we'll have to see how much he actually plays in those two matches. But, um, you know, once those two matches are, are done with, uh, I do fully expect he'll be starting every match. Um, and, uh, you know, again, we've talked about what we kind of expect from him uh, and what we expect as part of him coming here. Uh, and the other thing, you know, and I've talked about this before, is a player of that caliber, he's going to have some sway with other players that are considering a move to MLS. And, you know, if we can find a way to make room, it may not be until the offseason to bring in friends of uh, Hector Herrera. But I don't think there's any reason to 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 not think that we couldn't make a move in the offseason once we've offloaded another couple of players, uh, a couple of veterans that their contracts are expiring, um, you know, and open up room for something like that. And, and, you know, yeah, they may be, you know, veteran players, older players that are in situations or, you know, that they're just trying to get out of. But, you know, come here, play with Hector Herrera for a year or two, and, you know, and then then we'll, you know, we'll evaluate where you're at. I, I have no problem with that, and I think that could be a great way to go into the offseason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we got about 10 minutes left. Is there anything, guys, in chat that you want us to talk about? George said his bold prediction for the uh, Ace Ace's first MLS match is Memo is going to have a great game. He comes off the bench for Ace Ace to a standing ovation. That's not actually for him, but he thinks it is. Uh, that's pretty great. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I, you know, again, if you guys have any questions or any thoughts or other things that you want to put into chat, feel free. We got ten minutes left. Um, so this weekend is Charities Cup, followed by actually it's Saturday is Charities Cup followed by uh, no not Charities Cup followed by Dinah Doe's followed by Charities Cup Sunday is Dash um, the Sunday are currently on an unbeaten streak I don't know if people realize that um, uh, the longest of their Dash tenure I think yep. what three matches two matches now whatever it is um, I hope three it's more, matches I hope three it's matches because it would be really it's, sad it's, it was three because they have they have a a draw a win and a draw that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, kind of off topic and a long way to go, but, uh, a long way off, but any world cup predictions, I did want to talk about this. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, world cup predictions. Obviously today there was a little bit of uh, tweets, some social media talk, some controversy going around, uh, about, uh, Ecuador, Ecuador fielding a player who is from who, Colombia, from Colombia in their senior team and playing multiple matches with him. Um, that is an interesting story and one worth following because um, we know FIFA has always tended to side on we don't want to, you know, we don't really want to make sanctions against a team, but that's a pretty egregious, if it's true, it's a pretty egregious uh, yeah. thing to happen, um, especially if that player is registered to play for Colombia. Mm -hmm. um, now, if he's a dual, dual national, uh, you know, and it's a situation where, uh, he the paperwork was submitted to FIFA, but they hadn't approved it yet, or they hadn't accepted the paperwork. Then FIFA's got some explaining to do. Uh, right. But uh, otherwise, well, FIFA always has some explaining to do. That's you're not wrong. Uh, most corrupt organization in the world, uh, not quite, but pretty close. Uh, with that said, though, let's look ahead to Cutter. 
yes, it's Cutter, not Qatar. Uh, USA versus in the group now with we know it's Wales, England, and Iran. Yeah, I like uh, Evil Death's predictions. I I agree with them or them. I, I think we. I think we beat Wales. I think we lose to England, but it's like a goal, 1-0. And then I think we beat Iran as well. And I think that's enough to keep us in second place in the in the uh, in the group because Wales is not beating England. They can beat Iran as well. But if we you know if we draw to Wales, um, then I think that you know, or if we beat if we beat Wales, it'll be sufficient. Yeah. I'm USA still, I, makes the quarterfinal round. Ooh, that's a prediction and a half. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, you know, I realize we've kept two clean sheets, but I think that's a that's a bit of a farce if you look at the actual defense uh, and how lucky we've been. Uh, you know, uh, the strikers for other teams and wingers for other teams and midfielders for other teams have been off, not shooting as well as they normally would. Um, you know, and, and I think our, our midfield is just not holding their own as much as we would expect. Uh, hallelujah. Weston McKinney is back. I hope that he continues to, to get, you know, get back to full 100%. You can tell he's probably 85, 90% out there. Uh, Jedi will be back by then. Also, thankfully, yes, as well. Um, you, you know, but there's still some things to figure out and some positions that need to be figured out. Um, but you know, uh, I'm I'm really There's no telling who we might lose before then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean inju- injuries are injuries are a thing that you gotta deal with. And um you know who do you, who do you who do you have as the number one? Do you have um goalkeeper? Do you have Matt Turner or do you have Sean Johnson? I've got Matt Turner. I don't think I have a question on that to be honest with you. I don't okay. I don't think for me personally, Sean Johnson Sean Johnson is a better goalkeeper um than than Turner is. And I think Turner earned it. Uh, in those two matches before he, you know, before he became unavailable. Gotcha. I don't disagree with you. I was just kind of wondering your thoughts. Yeah, that's one that but I'm pretty I mean, solid but, on too. Is I like Matt but, Turner, but I feel, than Sean Johnson. But, Sean but Johnson like, has made some boneheaded plays before, so. But I don't think the the drop off is as big as it is with Steve Clark and Michael Nelson. Okay, you're talking MLS to basically, you know, MLS next pro level at this point. That's not a knock on Nelson. It just is what it is. I think I think uh, Xavier Valdez is better than Michael Nelson, but he's 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 younger, so he's not getting. I don't think he's getting that look quite yet. Really bold prediction from Georgie: Canada wins Group F. Um, is Tyler Pasher going to make the squad? That's money, y'all. I don't know. I don't know. That would be great if if Pasher makes a squad and goes to the World Cup and uh, gets them the win in that group. I'm not sure who else is. Can- I don't remember that that group. Who else is in that group with Canada? Yeah, George, who's in that? I don't remember off the top of my head, but there were some. Yeah, and I can't pull it up because it'll mess up OBS. But uh, there were some. Uh, th- there was the the first couple of teams that they drew were pretty weak, but that third team, I don't remember who it was. That was a pretty strong team, man. Canada's. Can't, I mean, Canada could feasibly win it, but that third team was pretty pretty tough. This this uh, this World Cup's going to be fun. It's going to be the last one at this format. They're going to add a shit ton more teams, and uh. 2026 oh, was which belgium was the the top team in that belgium group. oh and then croatia 
we acting like Croatia can't come uh, in there. I mean, that's yeah. a tough. That's a tough group, actually. Belgium and Croatia, and then Morocco, who we just drew Morocco. with. Morocco, or no, yeah. we beat them. We beat them three 0 We mind. beat Morocco. Yeah, we, we beat, beat Morocco. Morocco. And Canada's so. better than the U.S. right now, so they could certainly beat Morocco as well. But man, Croatia! Yeah. Look, people, people act like Croatia are pushovers, but the last few World Cups uh, and cycles, man, they've been really, really good. Yeah, Croatia usually punches up for whatever it is. Uh, Georgie, uh, yeah, Evil Death says, Pasher for MVP or Ballon d'Or. Uh, sorry for misspelling. Uh, I don't know about that. That That is a bit much, uh, uh, considering the uh, the popularity of certain players and knowing full well that MVP uh, is going to, be, uh, going to be a popularity contest. Uh, and I don't even think they do MVP. They do Golden Boot and Golden Gloves. Uh, as it were. Um, but with that said, we've got like three minutes left. We're, we're kind of nailing down to that last little trickle bit here. Uh, uh, two minutes now. Uh, Rob, shake, shake it out, Sean. Shake it out. Rob, would you... Rob... <laughs> well played. Rob, <laughs> would you like to plug your show? Well, you have a chance. Yeah, I, I apologize. I jumped right into plugging myself at the very, very beginning. But for those that weren't here... My name is Rob Zip. I host a heavy metal travel show called The Most Epic Adventures. Um, but it's not, you don't have to like metal to, to like the show. Um, I do interview metal bands every Monday night on my YouTube and Twitch at the same time. Um, so give me a follow. It's just YouTube. Here, I'm going to put it in the chat. Sure. I'm going to put it right here. For, I know most of you already know me and you're already subscribed. But there's there's my YouTube, and if you prefer Twitch, um, I basically you may have to I'll... send it to me because it shows up as asterisks for everybody else. Oh, I have filtered stuff on Twitch. Uh, okay, your message was not sent because it's identical to the previous message you sent less than thirty seconds ago. Well, it's not. Okay, let me let's see if I do it like this. I got your Twitter on there. Yeah, there you go. I got that. No dirty links. No dirty links. <laughs> He's actually so sending a Rickroll, and I've got Rickroll's auto turned off. Nobody can Rickroll it, but me. It, it's Twitch, and and uh, it's my name on Twitch and on YouTube. It's my name. So my Twitter is not my name. Someone else, I deleted. Oh, my God. I deleted my Twitter. I deleted my personal Twitter, and someone went in and sniped it. Oh. Uh, and, and they're just sitting on it. They're not doing anything. They're not following anybody. They don't have any followers. They just get it. They just got it, so I couldn't have it. So, uh. Anyway, um, but yeah, I try to, I travel around uh, as much as I can. Um, you know, like I said, I interview metal bands almost every Monday night, different genres all over the world. This Monday I have nail bite. They're a metal band from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. They're all teenagers, uh, but they're playing some big festivals coming up and they have a big sponsorship. So, um, they're really on the upward trajectory, you know, cool, cool kids, as we say, cool kids. Um, and then I, you know, most of, you know, I vlog, I basically vlog everything I do. I'm a vlogger. So, um, one of the things I do is I go to dynamo and dash matches. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm a member of the surge. So I like to bring you along with me on my adventures, uh, whether that be a soccer game, a museum, a theme park, um, or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, 
some vloggers they'll they'll record their whole face the whole time i basically introduce you to what's going on and then i turn the camera around and make you feel like you're with me um the the the, the times i do show my face more is if i'm making a foodie video or there's a foodie section of the video where i'm showing you what i'm eating and explaining to you what i'm eating you know so it's a it's a real vicarious kind of situation i i bring up my viewers through so and uh, i'll throw this out there he mentioned he goes to water parks if you're interested in seeing rob zip in a speedo <laughs> subscribe to rob zip's channel right away uh, and offer a donation of 50 dollars or greater and i guarantee you he will walk around in a speedo just for you um he's also uh, i understand you're starting an only fans of just kidding just kidding <laughs> starting oh no <laughs> and with that everybody thanks for joining it's been a wonderful show you've been in a wonderful audience uh no seriously uh thanks for joining we do appreciate it guys have a wonderful week uh have an awesome week an epic awesome week as it were uh and uh you know what we'll see you next week me and mark uh mark should be back uh and rob again thanks for joining we appreciate it guys till next week hold it down hold it down <laughs>